0: You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremenges. I am a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome back to another episode of this Locked On Rams pod. This is going to be your Tuesday edition for this week covering the Los Angeles Rams. And I have another interesting episode planned for you guys today. So I'm glad that you guys stuck around and came back to me to listen once again. In this episode, we are going to talk about three different topics like usual. The first being the special teams review of last season. We're going to finally round out our positional review series with the special teams being the final chapter of it all. In the second segment, we're going to dive into a very fascinating article by one of my co-workers at PFF from Timo Riske. He wrote a really good piece on evaluating how teams have drafted over the last four seasons and dove into some really interesting numbers there so we can talk about how that relates to the Rams and how well they've drafted. And then we're going to round it all out with some breaking news for a divisional rival in the NFC West. And that could impact how... Think shake out in the NFC West, but we're going to talk about that in the final segment. And I did mention that we are going to start it all out with the special teams review. We're going to finish our review series with the special teams unit. And these numbers are all based off of what PFF has charted with their in-depth numbers. And this is going to get specific. You're never going to see coverage like this before in terms of these special teams units. So please buckle up here. We're going to dive right into it. First, I want to talk about the coverage units I want to highlight the 10 highest graded players for the Rams in terms of their coverage units for their special teams units this past season. Sean Robinson came in first with a small sample size, but an 89.5 elite PFF grade. And then going from two through 10, Nasimba Webster, number two, Malcolm Brown, number three, again, a small sample size, number four, Johnny Munt. Number five, Terrell Burgess. Number six, Troy Reader. Number seven, Natres Patrick. Number eight, J.R. Reed. Number nine, Obo Okoronko. And number 10, Juju Hughes. This grade is based on, I guess, how they were in terms of their responsibility on these coverage units. So some were punt units, some were kickoffs, some were field goal blocks, all that kind of stuff rounded up. And it's fascinating to see just how these guys are graded based off of that because we never really get to see coverage units, right? It's very hard to determine who's playing well on those units, who's suffering, why the units may be doing well or may not be doing well. And ultimately, it takes all 11 guys to be able to punt the football away. But not just that, a good punt could be returned for a big return if the coverage unit is not doing their job. So it's very fascinating to see how these guys graded out according to PFF based on those numbers. And, And it does kind of help us put things into perspective in terms of who performed well on these coverage units and maybe who didn't. Going into the kicking unit, this was probably the most talked about trio in terms of these special teams for the Rams this past season. Obviously, they began the season with Samuel Sloman, the former, I want to say, seventh round pick. The experiment did not go very well. He did not last all season. The Rams transitioned from Sloman to a veteran in Kai Forbath. That experiment might have went even worse, to be quite honest with you. Forbath lasted like a two or three week period with the team, and then he hit the IR list with an injury and essentially was cut off of the ir list and he was replaced by matt gay who turned out to be by far the best kicker for the rams and somebody that they could probably go into the future with feeling good about and when you look at their performances last season i think that is indicated pretty well by their numbers matt gay hit 14 of 16 field goals and 16 of 16 extra point attempts did not miss one and 88 percent field goal percentage That is pretty solid. You look at Sloman, he had a 73% field goal percentage and 86% of his XPs were hit. And then Forbath, even worse, 67% of his field goal attempts were good and 80% of his extra point attempts were good. So as you can imagine, not good for Sloman, not good for Forbath. There's a reason both guys were let go and it really doesn't have to go all too deep. You just look at how bad they were at kicking the football and it makes total sense. When you look at Matt Gay very good kicker. I feel confident about what the Rams have in Matt Gay moving forward. The only question mark maybe is his ability to kick from deep. He only attempted one field goal from 50 plus last season and he did hit it and you know that's pretty good but at the same time we don't know if he has Greg Zerline kind of range where you can feel very confident about his ability to hit from 50 plus. It's more of the 30 to 50 or 30 to 49 range in terms of How well can this guy kick? And I think he's done a very good job, at least dating back to this past season. He's definitely earned the right to continue being the kicker moving forward, and there's no questions about that. When you look at their actual kickoff attempts, Matt Gay was by far the best kickoff artist for the Rams. His kick returns only allowed returns on 17.1%. Sloman, 40.5. Kai Forbath 55.6. Wasn't really comparable. Matt Gay was by far the best kicker for the Rams. By far the best option. And he was actually a very good and solid find for the team mid-season that was kind of scrambling to look for a kicker after two very bad failed experiments from that position. Moving on to the punting unit, this was a down year for Johnny Hecker. There's really no other way to put it. This was by far his worst season as a punter. According to his PFF grade, he only had a 61.3 and that is by far the worst of his career. The next lowest was 73.5 in 2018. So again, not very close. When you look at the in-depth numbers, the punting yards per attempt, 45.7, the second lowest in his career. So again, kind of reiterating that fact, his net yards on his punts this past season, 40.2 on average by far the lowest in his career. So that kind of takes into account how far the kick is and then how much of a return there was in terms of subtracting that amount from his actual distance from the kick that gives you a very good idea of not only how good the kick was, but how good the coverage was. So you can kind of pin some blame on Johnny Hecker in terms of maybe certain kicks didn't have enough hang time to allow his units to get downfield or you know they weren't kicked in the right direction or didn't reach the exact desired spot, whatever the case may be, or you know, the units in terms of the coverage units just didn't do a very good job at getting downfield or securing tackles. Again, all kind of encompasses the same thing. They all go hand in hand. And it was a career low for Johnny Hecker. You look at the block punts, one block punt this season. He's only had two block punts in his entire career, one this season, one in 2019. And ultimately, you look at the return punts, his units allowed 340 yards on punt returns this season that is the second most of his career but for an average of 12.1 yards per punt return that is by far and it wasn't even close by far the most in his career so the units need to do better at covering punts johnny hecker needs to kind of rebound in terms of just being more reliable as a punter i think he's probably going to we have a long sample size of many years dating back to 2013 where we kind of know just how good Johnny Hecker is. And the Rams have been by far the best special teams units in the NFC West since that time with guys like Johnny Hecker, Greg Zerline, and now Matt Gay. I think the Rams are still well positioned moving forward into next season with their special teams units. And I do want to give them a minus C- C-grade. I thought they were lackluster in terms of their performance last season. In terms of the safeties from yesterday's episode, I do give them an A, very close to the A-plus that I gave the cornerback room. And that wraps up the entire positional review series. So I'm glad that we got through the entire performance of the whole team dating back to last season. And that is an indictment of how well the Rams have been able to draft going back all the way through Les Sneeds tenure with the Rams as the general manager. And that is exactly what we are going to talk about in the next segment. We're going to dive into a fun PFF article by my coworker Timo Riske, who wrote a very in-depth and detailed piece determining which teams were the best and are the best at drafting in terms of their past performances over the past four seasons. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP, and you can find the page at Locked On Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. That's betonline.ag. February's Black History Month in the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of Black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints discuss holding space and the balance of discussing blackness in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment of this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. I did mention before the break that we're going to dive into this very, very in-depth and detailed article. It is going to be one of the best pieces you can read related to football this week. I promise you just head to PFF.com and you can find it. It is by my colleague Timo Riske. He took a look at the historical draft success for all 32 NFL franchises and really how he was able to do this was basically he compared the value of their war in terms of the wins above replacement for each player and position that basically just means that he's comparing the performance of a player to another player at his exact same position that is considered your average performance so how much better or worse Are they then their average performer at that exact same position? So he went and looked back to 2017, I believe, and took a overall encapsulated look at how well each team did dating back to 2017. Now, the one area of discussion here is that it is a bit harder to determine the success of guys that were drafted in 2019 and 2020 because we don't get to see their four-year entire rookie contract performance compared to their war But at the same time, Timo does mention in this article that there is a strong correlation between war in terms of the second year of their career, a player's third year in his career, as well as the fourth year. It's very correlated. So it does make it easier to be able to project how these players are going to perform. And that's how he basically took a look at this entire list and determined based on their war compared to the draft picks and where they were picked, how many picks and all that stuff, the war above expectation for each team and looking at just the past four seasons, the rams have ranked very well. They actually ranked 6th among all teams when it comes to the war above expectation, which is obviously a very good thing, especially especially when you consider the fact that the rams did not have any first round picks really over the last four seasons. The last time they had a first round pick was in 2016, one year prior to this study, which was obviously the Jared Goff trade, and ever since they haven't had any first round picks. So Very good for the Rams to be able to come away with impact performers, whether that be, you know, at receiver, you got guys like Cooper Cup, safety, John Johnson, the exact same draft, both third round picks, middle round picks, guys that are both probably considered elite in terms of their performance compared to their peers. So very good stuff. You obviously see the Rams bringing in talent, whether that be through the draft, guys that were late round draft picks, mid round draft picks and as well as guys just being found off the waiver wire. Austin Blythe comes into the team and is the starting guard for the first season in his tenure with the team, and then moves to the center spot and has started for the Rams for two or three seasons now, and he was essentially just cut by the Colts a few years back. You look at Darius Williams, another guy who was essentially cut by the Baltimore Ravens, brought in by the Rams, and is now one of the best cornerbacks in football at one of the most valuable positions. The Rams have him on a dirt cheap contract. He's performed incredibly well this past season. And my money says he's probably going to be an important piece for the defense moving forward. When you look at the percentile outcomes for each draft pick since 2017, Timo here has the Colts as the most consistent team over the past four seasons. The Rams did rank in the top eight once again. So again, a very great job by the Rams general manager, Les Snead, his team, the scouts, all those guys, Brad Holmes, who is now with the Detroit Lions, and you can probably understand why he got that general manager position. The guy was obviously tremendous at his job and did play a large role for the Rams in that front office. And then Timo continued to break down this study. He now took a look at weighing the draft by round and the percentile outcomes for each draft pick since 2017 sorted by the weighted average percentile outcome for the rounds and the rams once again ranked inside the top eight nearing the 60th percentile mark so pretty high up on the list again it looks very good for the rams and the final graph that he determined and displayed on this article here is the accounting for positional value and weighing the picks by round Andy Rams ranked ninth in this regard, and I think that this graph is the most in-depth in terms of taking a look at positional value, how certain positions are valued more, and obviously bring more to the table and make a bigger impact in terms of what positions are going to lead teams to more wins, right? Quarterback is going to be a lot more important to hit on than, say, a kicker or a long snapper or a number three tight end or whatever the case may be, and I like that you know, Timo took into account the positional value here, as well as the weighing by round that pretty much helps encapsulate really how well a team has drafted. And he does note at the end that maybe there aren't really any teams that are necessarily better at drafting because like they say, the draft is just a crapshoot at the end of the day. You obviously don't know for 100% what you're getting in a player or a draft class. You can just take a best guess approach, do as much research as you possibly can on a prospect And really just hope that everything pans out. At the end of the day, I've heard weird stories about teams going to college bars and asking waitresses and bartenders how certain players that have visited these school bars, how they acted around in public and how they treated them. Did they tip and things like that? I mean, teams are very, very incessant on trying to find the best talents, the best players, the guys that they think they can really develop, the guys they would like to bring in the building and represent their helmet and their franchise and their city, and they'll go at great lengths to get to the bottom line. And ultimately, it's still a crapshoot at the end of the day, which is why on this podcast, I often talk about trying to gather more dart throws at the dartboard. Because if you have one dart and you're trying to hit that triple 20, and you get one chance, I mean, your chance is gonna be very low. It's gonna be hard to hit. But if you have 10 dart throws, and you get 10 opportunities to throw that dart and try to hit that triple 20, your chances are gonna be much more significant to obviously land. And that's kind of the approach that Les Need had. He's been very happy to trade away those very early first round picks, and even other valuable picks like second or even third round picks like we've seen for the Dante Fowler trade, and obviously Jalen Ramsey and Brandon Cooks, and all these other guys that were traded for first round picks, And when he does that, he's being very smart to trade back in the second round, in the third round, kind of maneuver in those middle rounds and try to accumulate as many draft picks as possible on top of their philosophy to let players walk, replace them with guys that won't count against the compensatory pick formula and pick up more third, fourth, fifth, whatever round picks they may be by really not losing anything by replacing guys that were lost and not signing guys that were unrestricted free agents. The Rams have done that very often over the last few seasons and something tells me they're probably going to keep doing that moving forward even going into this offseason here that's coming up in a few short weeks and that is what we're going to talk about in the next segment one key free agent signed with an nfc west team yesterday and i'm going to talk about whether or not it changes their chances to win the nfc west going into 2021 and make sure to check back for tomorrow's episode when i get salary cap expert and salary cap guru my colleague at pff brad spielberger to break down how the rams look in terms of the salary cap moving forward into free agency folks are you having any car troubles you ever go outside to find your car tires flat or your car won't even start you guys should honestly check out rockauto.com if you have any car needs they're a family-owned business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years yes you heard me correctly that is 20 years we all know how important it is right now to support family-owned businesses with the whole strange covid related stuff that we're living in If you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional and you're looking for reliably low prices, you should absolutely check out Rock Auto. Just go to their website, check out all of their available parts. It's a never-ending list. And if your car needs it, they've honestly got it. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and write locked on in their how did you hear about us so they know that we sent you for some nfl teams the games may be over but the work is just beginning join trevor sykema and benjamin solak of the locked on nfl draft podcast every tuesday as they start their team takeover tuesday offseason series each week they pick a new team take a dive into potential front office and head coach signings a roster review free agent strategies and go through a team-centric mock draft That's every Tuesday over at Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. I talked about it before the break. There was some big news yesterday as it pertains to the NFC West and specifically the Arizona Cardinals. And I know Rams fans are going to hate to hear this because many Rams fans wanted this pairing to happen. But former Houston Texans defensive end, interior defensive lineman, whatever you consider him, J.J. Watt has signed with the Arizona Cardinals. That is a weird pairing. I don't think anyone really expected that to be the case here. A lot of people, analysts, big media, whoever, thought J.J. Watt was probably going to go to Pittsburgh to play with his brothers. Cleveland, which somehow became one of his favorite destinations, apparently. Certain teams like that. Not really the Cardinals, but... Either way the Cardinals signed Watt to a two-year 31 million dollar deal and that includes 23 million dollars in guaranteed money and when you hear those figures it makes a lot more sense why he chose to go to the Cardinals. It is a little bit confusing because he did state that he wants to win a Super Bowl and I'm just going to be honest I don't think that that's going to be a great opportunity in terms of expecting the Cardinals not only to just get out of the NFC West but to find a way to win the Super Bowl, that is going to be incredibly tough. But hats off to J.J. Watt for getting his money. And now I want to take a look at the bet online odds that is from our exclusive partner at BetOnline.ag. As it stands right now, the Arizona Cardinals are still in fourth place when it comes to the NFC West favorites. They do have odds of plus 450, so they're not too far behind the Seattle Seahawks who have plus 300 odds. Now, the Rams are still first in terms of having plus 195 odds. The San Francisco 49ers come in second at plus 200. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, how the Rams are still the current favorite for the NFC West. It makes sense. The offseason hasn't really started. Most teams haven't gotten an opportunity to re-sign their own players, hit the free agent market, the draft. All that stuff is still upcoming. So these numbers could very well change and quite drastically. But as it stands right now, the Rams are still the favorite And I think this is how the rankings should probably be. The only two I would maybe consider switching are the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. But I do understand why they are in the order that they are. And I do understand why the Cardinals are still fourth. I do agree that they should still be fourth in terms of the favorite odds to win the NFC West. I know JJ Watt is going to help them. Obviously, he's a tremendous player, a Hall of Famer, one of three players in NFL history to win the Defensive Player of the Year award three times. The other one is also in the NFC West. You guys know him pretty well. His name's Aaron Donald. And ultimately that pairing between Watt and one of the most underrated pass rushers in the NFL over probably the past decade, Chandler Jones, is going to be very, very good. That defensive line just got a lot better. But at the end of the day, I don't know how the Arizona Cardinals could be considered the favorite. And I don't think many people do consider them the favorite. And ultimately, you know, I think J.J. Watt, this is more of a case of, Let me go take another good paycheck. Let me go reconnect with DeAndre Hopkins, who was his former teammate with the Texans, who is obviously now with the Cardinals. I believe Vance Joseph, their current defensive coordinator, was also formerly with the Houston Texans. So there were some bridges there. Makes a lot of sense why he would want to go to the Arizona Cardinals. And then when you consider the money, I mean, it's very hard to see him really choosing or wanting to go elsewhere. And ultimately, I guess that's probably how he landed with the Cardinals. It makes a lot of sense. You know, I think he's going to have a lot of success there depending on how long he stays, maybe to finish out the remainder of his career. Statistically, I think he's going to do well. I think the pairing between he and Chandler Jones is going to be fantastic for that defense. But at the end of the day, the Cardinals are still in fourth place in the NFC West when it comes to the favorite odds to win this division. It's the hardest division in the NFL, in my opinion. And now JJ Watt pretty much relying on cliff kingsbury who's never really been a winner anywhere he's went as a head coach he's going to be relying on kyler murray to take another step in his development and ultimately a arizona cardinals team that hasn't drafted all that well especially in the first round dating back to you know five or six seasons under steve kime it has not been pretty so i don't really expect the cardinals to be a major player when it comes to the nfc west I do think they could make the playoffs. You know, they could finish third in the NFC West. They could surprise and maybe even finish second. But I really, really think those are long odds. I do expect the Cardinals to probably finish in that third spot, maybe in the fourth. And it is early in the offseason, so it's hard to really get a good concrete answer in terms of what I think of the NFC West. But as of right now, I think Online has it laid out pretty well in terms of the Rams being first, 49ers second, Seahawks third, and Cardinals fourth. And I do think it's going to be very fun to see J.J. Watt in the NFC West now. And ultimately, that brings another very dominant defensive lineman into the division. And one thing is for certain, J.J. Watt was clamoring for his brother, T.J. Watt, to win the Defensive Player of the Year award, even after Aaron Donald was named the rightful winner of the award a few weeks back and it makes sense it's his brother let's not get too caught up here but i think he's going to learn very very quickly what aaron donald is about and ultimately i feel kind of bad for kyler murray because aaron donald has this knack for turning up his game when it's needed and i think he's going to really take it on his shoulders here kind of an added chip in terms of you know what jj watt i've seen those tweets I seen what you were talking about and it wasn't really disrespectful because Watt did say Aaron Donald is a special player and all that but I think he's really really going to turn it up in terms of when the Rams actually do play the Cardinals two times next season and just one last fun fact Sean McVay is undefeated as a head coach for the Rams against the Arizona Cardinals and I think that could very well continue into this next season in 2021. That is all we got for you guys on this episode as always I do appreciate you guys for sticking around for the end and listening to another great episode of the Locked on Rams podcast, make sure to check back for tomorrow's episode when I get my colleague PFF underscore Brad, my man Brad Spielberger to help break down what the Rams look like in terms of their salary cap and some moves they could make heading into free agency in a few short weeks. Just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.